Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to IFHPodcastNetwork.com. to do this i haven't used zoom in so long to especially to record anything uh i'm not sure what to do we just we just kind of talk and and zoom records all our stuff and then uses it against us later i assume well zencaster should uh really update their uh application for usage on cell phones because you know everybody's got one of those handy yeah it has been several years since uh zencaster really took off during the pandemic and everybody started using them during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, as far as I know, they have not updated <laughs> their usage so, on, any, on any capacity whatsoever. So so I think that the title of this podcast should be, We're Going on Strike, Zencaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fix the problems. <laughs> Fix the problems. Uh, so you got to go see the Lost Boys last night, I hear. Uh, I saw Lost Boys in uh, Griffith Park uh, next to the Greek Theater. Um, Synespia is, is a really awesome organization out here in LA that puts together film screenings of classic films throughout Los Angeles, uh, LA historic park near downtown LA is another spot. And of course the most popular is the Hollywood forever cemetery, which is located in the heart of Hollywood right next to uh, Paramount. So literally the wall there is the, uh, the other side is is paramount pictures um so yeah it's a these are cool spots to to watch films if you if you're into watching movies outside um lost boys it's uh it's probably schumacher's best film i'm not a huge fan of his overall work he made the absolute worst batman film ever um but other than that he made made the original he made the original batman with michael keaton right that's the bad one that you're talking about no 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 you don't want to get me started now do you chuck (laughs) it's early pal (laughs) it's real early um no not at all tim burton uh a certified genius made uh the original 89 batman i'm referring to the the horrendous efforts of batman and robin which I mean, some people probably like it because they love the 60s TV show. Um, 
But ultimately, yeah, that should have stayed in the 60s with Adam West. I mean, there's something about that kind of camp that really works with the time frame it came out. And even looking back at it now, you kind of accept it for what it is. But trying to, uh, you know, reanimate that corpse isn't a good idea, um, especially after making two phenomenal Batman movies, uh, at least Burton's efforts. Um, anyway, hi, Eddie. How are you? Hey. Yeah, I heard you, yeah, heard you had a uh, a show last night. I did. I was, uh, yeah, I, I've been doing shows around town. Just, yeah, I'm trying to generate material. So you, the best way to do that is to keep getting up on stage. So, so what yeah. you, you sent a photograph, um, and you were, I assume that was from the backstage point of view. It looked like people were checking in or something. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was this little, it's this little place called the Nightcap in Los Angeles. It's right off Burbank Boulevard. And this uh, this comic Aaron Aaron Mliner runs it, and what he did is it looks like he has a duplex. He lives in a duplex, and he lives upstairs, and he turned the bottom part into a small comedy club. Hmm. So it's like so, right in the middle of his neighborhood. That's that that feels very pandemic. Did he do this during the pandemic? I believe it started during the pandemic because I did shows there in his driveway mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and then he sort of gutted the inside of the first level of duplex and built like a tiny little comedy oh, is club. This, and is this that guy that had people doing comedy out of the bed of his truck? No, this is, that's a different, that was a different person. <laughs> okay. No, this was not <laughs> Chuck. Don't, don't laugh. That's what the, that's what stand up comics were having to do. They were doing it in parking lots over at Hollywood and Highland. Um, yeah, it was insane. They were doing it wherever they could. Yeah, so, no, but it, but the, the mental image I got was was Eddie in the back of the truck, like they're driving down the highway, and he's like yelling <laughs> jokes at people as they drive by. <laughs> Maybe that's what his second special should be. Oh, segue! Look at that. Oh wow! Well, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess spoiler alert: Why are you cultivating uh, cultivating material, Eddie? Well, is it because you're to... going to do another special? That is the plan. <laughs> I'm trying to generate another hour's worth of material, and it's. I'm a slow writer, so it's taken me a minute to do it. But I'm, I'm, I see the finish line, and I'm almost there. But uh, it's just, uh, I'm hoping to have the hour completed in the next couple months, and then sort of refine it, retool it, and then try to do something in the fall or winter. And then you know, it's, that's the plan. But you know, best laid plans is what they say. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last one worked out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, here's the thing. I think that what we did the first time, uh, as, as far as, you know, energy and effort, will probably eclipse what we're going to do this time. Um, this is going to be, I think, way more uh, uh, easier to pull off in regards to as far as, like, putting in effort with travel uh, putting an effort with finding, you know, people to to work on it. Clearly, Los Angeles is, you know, mecca yeah, be, when it comes to entertainment, whereas Washington will, D.C. is not. No, and there will for sure be a local effort as opposed to find a bunch of people three thousand miles to yeah do yeah. So it'll be it'll be something local. It's just finding the right venue, which is what I'm still going. I'm still trying to find the right venue, and also, and then I haven't even thought about the the money aspect yet. So that's. That's what I'm saying. It's you know, it's it's down the road a little bit, but it's uh Well, I'm if there's anybody the... listening to this and wants to financially back this project, please <laughs> by all means do. 
Because we've sold it so well up to this point. <laughs> well, I mean, no, that's, that's, listen, <laughs> what I have learned is all you need is money and you can do whatever you want. Um, that's true. That is very true. That is a great all lesson to learn money. in life. Yeah. Well, I mean, we live in an American capitalist society and all that matters is uh, the bottom line. So um, all we need is money to, to make things happen. And I think that, uh, you know, if we get that army hammer money, uh, we can do whatever we want. So if you're that's army true. hammer, Except if you would give people. us your money, if you would give us your money, uh, we'll, we'll make this thing happen. Um, we will make no. Eddie do cannibal jokes. You know, <laughs> if that's what you if that's what you're into, we'll we'll make him do them. Well, I mean, you know, it, he's a uh, yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character, but just just the idea of being that generational wealthy where you can literally get away from with like torturing people. Um, that's the kind of money that I want. <laughs> I think we all want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we've been kind of surprised since this is kind of a behind behind the baseball, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, behind, the is, baseball. behind the baseball, behind the baseball, <laughs> you, know, you know, that old saying, like behind the baseball. In the face. yeah, <laughs> What's um, happening? this, uh, the first special did has been doing pretty well. Uh, the numbers that we've been getting, um, I don't know. We're not going to shout them out on the air, but you know we kind of put it out. Five just, people watched it. Yeah, five people. We kind of <laughs> there was that we did, and, and three of them are here right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been a little surprised uh, at the at the sheer amount of people that have been watching the thing. Um, not that I didn't expect it to do well, but it just continues. People just continue to watch it. Um, so I think that bodes well for a second one. In in a variety of reasons. Well, Eddie's an IP. He's an IP. So I mean, you know, anything that you you attach to Ed, Edwin Pence, yeah, it goes going to skyrocket. Huge, it's going to skyrocket. Well, I mean, you you are like modern day Ernest P. Worrell. I think that if we just attach, <laughs> you know, Eddie does this, Eddie does that, it'll be on the big screen. Yeah, people will watch for sure. I think I think so. I I, I, I think uh, we we were we. As far as releasing the special with the last special, we were aided because we did we were released in the in the heart of the pandemic. So we had a lot of people yeah. with nothing to do and everyone was streaming constantly. So we had we had that going for us as far as that goes. And I think the the general feedback for the original special was very positive. I think uh so it wasn't I think a lot of people were exposed to it because of the pandemic, because there was nothing new. People couldn't go outside. And I think it it sort of the word of mouth got around that it was it was a decent comedy. So it was a good, it was quality entertainment, and people, and that's why I think the numbers have stayed consistently pretty well throughout. Yeah, that's my guess, anyway. I don't know. Sure, uh, that's that's very true. Um, but also at the same time, during the pandemic, there was just so much to watch um, that I don't I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that came out. And they were just like, why? Why wasn't anybody watching our stuff? You know, yeah. Uh, that that frustration of, well, nobody was doing anything. Why weren't they watching our show? Um. So I I still think there's something there for sure. And and regardless why they watch the first one, if they see a second one's out, they're gonna they're gonna at least. Well, I assume they're gonna at least want to check out another one. As my yeah. sister, as my sister famously said about the the special she watched it, she said that guy was kind of funny. 
Um, so <laughs> that's, that's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Uh, so, that's like a that's quote me. you put on a poster. That guy's yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, that's the dream. That's yeah. why I do it every night. <laughs> What's been the hardest part of coming up with uh, a, a a second <clears throat> special full of of hilarious jokes? What's What's been surprisingly difficult? Um, like I don't want it because everyone came out of the again. I don't want to keep talking about the pandemic so much, but everybody came out of the pandemic talking about the pandemic, and I don't. And I want to write. I don't want to really mention it, like you know what I'm saying. Like I don't want, and so it's it's hard to something we all experienced for, you know, the last three years, and now we've all been out of it for like a year, year and a half, two years. I don't want to reference it that much. I want it to be something outside of that. So stuff that's happened recently and last couple of years or stuff that happened during it, but doesn't have anything to do with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's been difficult to sort of like not address the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about anyway. So that's been sort of the, the challenge of writing new material is sort of like really looking in on my life and my experiences in the last few years and writing about that stuff that hasn't been affected by what happened to everybody three years ago. So that's sort of been the challenge to me anyway, of, of writing this new special. Is it uh, just from the fact that you're tired of hearing about it or yes, the jokes, the <laughs> jokes I'm are well, the, yeah, I'm sure most of the jokes are, are well treading at this point. Like, yeah, we've heard them all. Like, I don't want to talk about masks. I don't want to talk about, lockdowns or whatever vaccines i mean there's been so many vaccine bit you know you go around the clubs you see people talking about all that stuff it's just like i don't want to be i don't want to reference any of that because like i think one i don't people want to hear about it and two it's just like i i don't want to write about it and i just want to do something different and new as opposed to the old special that we the first special that was like that was like I've been doing stand-up for about 20 years at the time, roughly a little over 20 years. And so that was sort of a greatest hits. That was like part parts of my act I'd taken from the first 20 years of me doing stand-up and that comprised my hour. So it was sort of me just doing jokes I'd done the first couple of years I was doing stand-up and then just all the way through, I was just picking my favorite bits and that made the hour. So that that's why that special came together in the way that it did. This special is just sort of like, starting from scratch like a year and a half ago last or two years ago and, and rebuilding a new hour so it's it's a different process than before because what i would do before is i, I would just over 20 years you generate material and stuff new stuff gets cycled in old stuff gets cycled out and you always have your hour but it's it's constantly changing and evolving so when i set out to do that first special it was like these this is what i'm opening with this is the middle of the act and this is the end of the act and I, I could build it out from, you know, 20 years of jokes and stories that I had been doing. So it was just sort of like pick the best stuff and make that the hour. Now it's sort of just you're building from ground zero, which is a difficult task. Or, or it's not difficult. It's a different way of writing than what I'd done previously. So is it uh, is it? do you have any fears of like that whole sophomore slump kind of thing where you mentioned you've got your whole life to, to, to do these jokes. You've got 20 years and now you've got this, not, not a limited amount of time. Cause we don't really have a deadline or anything. 
Yeah. Uh, but there is obviously a significantly smaller amount of time where a lot of bands go through that. Like they've got the whole life to, to write the first album and then it hits and then like, oh shit, what do we do for the second one? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping for a Pearl Jam verse. That's what I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, but, it, basically it's what been a four year period since the last one. So it's almost like you've gone through high school or college. Yeah. But it's been about the world is. Yeah. And like for that first year and a half, we were, again, we were locked in and, I need to perform in order to write. I, I was just one of those guys that could sit there and write jokes, you know, sheets of jokes, and then eventually go and perform them. I, I literally have to perform to write. And so, you know, I've been like over the last year and a half, two years, I've been like performing as much as I can when I can and writing that way. And uh, I, my process is a lot, you know, comedy is always trial and error anyway, especially stand up comedy, because you have to, there's no practice with stand up comedy. Your practice is the performance. So, you know, you can rehearse it as much as you want in a mirror, but you don't know how much, how good it is until you're actually doing it in front of people. So, you know, it takes longer to craft it that way, I suppose. But um, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just a different way of, I've never had to write anything like this before in this amount of time. Everything has just sort of been like, just take your time and write it. And when it comes, it comes, but this has been, I'm like, I'm literally trying to like generate material. And it's, it's been a great exercise in looking at different things you've never looked at before and go, Oh, maybe I can write a bit about that. Maybe I can write a bit about that. That seems interesting. Let me see if I can take that up on stage and see what I can do with that. So it's been, it's been kind of interesting as far as a, a different way of writing for me for stand up anyway, or at least being writing under pressure for stand up, which is interesting. Dustin, from your end, what's, uh, what, what do you hope to accomplish just creatively uh, with this second one? I mean, I think that we, I don't know if you would say we went all out with the last one, but I felt like production value wise, you know, we had, we had some stuff there, you know? Um, I mean, you were in it, Chuck. So clearly we were at the next level. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Filmmaking. Um, yeah, I mean, so whenever just, whenever Charles Thomas is involved, clearly we're at like the upper echelon of the apex of, cinema. of filmmaking. Yeah, just, a, yeah. just a, an amazing performance. If if anyone, oh, absolutely, seen, like, yeah, oh, no man. doubt, no doubt about it. You, you told Eddie where he could go, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then my cameo was very very brief, and it's in the first two seconds, <laughs> and that's it. And that was only because we didn't have anybody else to do it. <laughs> um, it wasn't like I was trying to do Hitchcock or something like that. Um, in any case, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to be in this one. Um, I can tell you that with some certainty. I, I kind of want to uh, showcase Eddie's. If Eddie had any type of ego whatsoever, which he doesn't, and that's probably why his career has sort of, uh, you know, been ebb and flows. Because I think ultimately, what I've noticed about people in this town or in the entertainment industry in general, your ego has to be a certain level of God level insanity in order to, uh, to make it either that, or, you know, some corporation thinks they can push you to, to make a buck. Um, they can pimp you out, so to speak. Um, so I think that we need to play on an idea of Eddie, you know, letting the first special go to his head. And like, there's a, there's a really like, to me, it may even be funnier than uh, anything we did in DC when we were shooting around his neighborhood to, to make uh, crowdfunding 
for uh, the first special, uh, Jerry Rocha came to help us out. And Eddie just walks up to him without even looking at him, takes his cell phone out of his hand and signs it with a Sharpie as if Gary's there to get a, an autograph. Like that's what I want to tap into like this. Cause I mean, that's a lot of people in this town are either really into themselves and full of themselves. And maybe they have the backing of some very powerful people, which is only going to fuel that flame or they're incredibly deluded human beings who continue to ram their heads against the wall in hopes that they'll make it. That sounds um, like me. Yeah, well, me too. So that's all of us. Yeah, probably. <laughs> in any case, in any case, that's I want to tap into that because I just like the idea of people thinking that they are so fucking great, and they're not, but they don't give a fuck, and they still think that they're fucking amazing. Though Eddie is hysterical, um, and I think that he's a, a great stand-up comic. Um, the inflated ego is just. To me, that's comedy gold, and I think that if we can play on that somehow, just walking down – like I could just see Eddie walking down Hollywood Boulevard um, and, and seeing a star that doesn't have a name on it and him just writing in Sharpie his fucking name <laughs> and uh, you know, being very happy about it. Um, even if it's just like a documentary style thing, like, hey, here's my star on the Walk of Fame, and clearly someone has written his name in Sharpie, and they've put on like – I don't know. What are those little circles that have like TVs and uh, cameras and it's just for, for film and television and all that. I guess yours would be a microphone because you're a stand-up <laughs> comic. So I could just see that working out swimmingly. Of course, we'd probably get arrested for screwing up a star. Public property. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I that would be amazing. Like I just think that would play so well, um, which is initially why I wanted to, to work in a spot that's off of uh, Hollywood Boulevard. But that's probably not going to happen. Um, the idea of working at the comedy store, I think is, you know, it's, it's for a lot of reasons, it's been the mecca of comedy, uh, for decades. Um, just being able to say Eddie did a stand up special there for himself and being able to help with that at all, I think would be amazing. I know that Eddie's got, you know, contacts with the improv, but for me personally, improv, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a national brand. And you got improvs all over the place. And I know that there's another comedy store in La Jolla, but there's only one comedy store. Like, you know, that's like going to Saudi Arabia to to touch that rock. You know what I mean? Um, so I think like that would be amazing for, for us to shoot something there would be terrific. And I think you could shoot it in a way to make it feel a hell of a lot bigger than the last one. Because when we say we shot in a cellar, we're not joking. It was no, a wine it was a cellar. cellar. It was an absolute <laughs> cellar. Um, so I, if we can get something that's like a little grander and even like, you know, Dynasty Typewriter would not be a bad spot to shoot something as well. No. But in any case, like I would like to to make it seem a little bigger than the last go around and also just sort of play into, you know, someone feeling like I'm Hollywood now. I've got this massive ego and uh, and go from there. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, you're not kidding. We definitely did, did shoot in the cellar. Um, and yeah, we can't we can't get away with that again. What we did with the first one, um, uh, we we stretched that as thin as it could go. Um, yeah, second yeah. one would not work for sure. But I mean, I have I, like the comedy store would be ideal. Um. Because I did my the very first set of stand up comedy I ever did was at the in the belly room at the comedy store and I have it on tape and I have that 
five or seven minutes of the very first act I've ever done on tape. And ideally I would love to figure out some way to either incorporate that original footage into the special, especially if it's in the shot in the same room. I think that would be cool if it's in the belly room of the comedy store, along with this first tape, it doesn't even have to be in there. It doesn't have to be at the comedy store. It just be kind of interesting to see the, the juxtaposition of the very first set I ever did. And then this set that I did, and then maybe even splice up the five minutes throughout the, the special, or maybe even take the original jokes I did in that special and then sort of rewrite them and update them. And like, this is what these jokes are like now. I would just, I don't know. There's something interesting there just to have the, not many comics have the very first set on tape. And it would just be interesting mm. to put that somewhere as part of whatever this hour is. I don't like, know. Like a, full, like a full circle kind of moment. Very full. I mean, especially if you did it in the belly room. Or the comedy store would be absolute full circle. But I mean, what that's... if I got it? What if I just had the the, the uh, bulb go off? What if we got Christopher Lloyd to show up in a DeLorean? <laughs> <laughs> we can make it happen. It's L.A. I mean, I mean, you're you're joking. You can run a DeLorean but, for sure. Yeah, and cameos. I mean, everybody's out there. So, and Eddie knows everybody. Um, he's he's best friends with Kevin Smith. Let's just <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's best buddy. Let's, Blood brothers. Let's I like that, to say. Let's put that out there. Blood brothers. <laughs> you know, uh, we could get some real, some real, uh, some real great cameos uh, for this one. You know, as as Dustin mentioned, is the if we just have the the right amount of money, we can do whatever we want. We can we can deface right. Hollywood Boulevard. Does it matter? Uh, well, yeah. If if you had, I mean, but you have to be like soup, like the most wealthy, like Elon Musk, basically. And then I don't even know then <laughs> if they would let you deface Hollywood. There would be so many pissed off people if you tried to do that. So. Maybe don't start World War Three, but <laughs> just just having enough money to like do certain things, like bring people on board, like a Kevin Smith or you know even a Christopher Lloyd. Um, I the only the only thing that I would want Kevin Smith to do if he were in it would literally be wear a hockey jersey because that's what he used to wear all the time. I guess he could, might still wear hockey jerseys. I'm not sure. Um, and just take like a stick and, and nail Eddie in the groin. That would be the only reason I would have Kevin Smith <laughs> in the special. Um, here's a five hole, get it? So, you know, um, I think that would be fun. Yeah. We'd always get Eric Roberts. We know he'd yeah. do it for the right amount of money. Hey, dude, he works for $500 a project in some cases, and all you need are cue cards so you can read off of them. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. It's yeah. my opener. Actually, no, I got it. I got it. Eric Roberts playing Julia Roberts' role in Pretty Woman. Eddie Pence is Richard Gere. Let's do it. The whole, do it. The whole film. <laughs> the whole film. <laughs> film. <laughs> or we do rent a DeLorean. We have a guy. We have you see a guy get out. It's got the big white hair and the white jacket, and he turns around and it's Eric Roberts because we couldn't afford Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> something that's got to be done about your kids marty <laughs> eric, eric roberts we have, we have to show the cue cards that he's reading off of oh yeah and then we have to actually literally pay him 500 dollars on camera and uh call it a day that would be i fun. love that idea that would be hilarious <laughs> or we just have chuck do it 
No, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Chuck again. Well, I mean, Eric and I are best friends because I got to interview him several years ago. Well, and there you go. He's my well, you've got, a, you've got ever, a, so. a massive blanket with you and his face on it. So. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll just show him that and he'll be like, that's worth $500. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. So, I mean, I think that for those that are listening, all 15 of you, um, I think that uh, the goal has always been to do something in uh, October at the earliest um, in hopes of, of having something and sending it out into the universe. I think we should tag Bill Burr for this podcast, Chuck. Just like put Bill Burr's name all over it because that's what gets things done. Um, <laughs> and, and, and having a distribution <laughs> model that'll work for this project. Not that the last one didn't work. Clearly people bought it and saw it. No, but, it got out there. You know, it'd be nice to, uh, to mix and mingle with others and see just how far we can uh, ride this Eddie Pence rocket into the sun. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm either way, I'm very excited about, about doing it. Um, it's going to, I mean, the last one, we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you guys. I mean, it was a crazy weekend and we all got sick like crazy, or at least I did, but, um, it was, uh, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of great memories from that, from that, uh, trip. No, I, I love last. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's the first time I've ever been to DC. So I didn't do the eighth grade trip that most people do, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was, I was really stupid and I'm just like, yeah, I'll get to that, uh, permission slip at some point. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. Um, so yeah, eighth grade was a fun time for me. Um, in any case, in any case, it made you who uh, you are today. It made me who I am today. Um, so I didn't go to DC back then, but being able to, to see all the structures and, and, you know, even being there at the time frame we were there, because let's face it, it wasn't exactly the, uh, the best white house. Um, no. just, uh, just being there and, uh, and just taking it all in was, was pretty awesome and being able to be at the mall there and and to shoot was i mean honestly that's probably the highlight of what little career i've had um with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. So yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was an amazing experience, and, and hopefully um, we can do more of those going forward. And by the way, if there's any other stand-up comics that are listening, don't be afraid of us. You know, we, we want to help you out. We want to we want to hitch our wagon to you, too. So uh, don't be afraid. And, uh, you know, 
say, uh, hey, we'll, we'll make your special too. If you're willing to do what is necessary to get the job done, which Eddie is clearly, um, <laughs> and others are not. Yeah, we've had several meetings um, over the years with, with different people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's been interesting. Haven't, haven't found that, uh, that, uh, that bright spot to, to latch our wagon onto yet. Um, well, we have, but then so <laughs> no, COVID, we, we COVID happened. Have. And then <laughs> we definitely have. We found then, two people in particular that, that might work out swimmingly. And, you know, they, they, they've done an outstanding job for themselves. They blew up, uh, you know, like a Christmas tree. And they, uh, they did great. They've done great for themselves and it would have been nice to, uh, sort of, uh, go along with them. Um, but as it is, you know, they're doing their thing and we're doing our thing and they're successful and we're where we are. Right, Chuck? Yeah, but we'll get them on the way down. So, you know, <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you. Even if, you know, they crap out in 10 years, whatever it is, um, we'll still be there for you. We'll still, <laughs> we'll still make it special. Yeah. <laughs> That's assuming we're still alive, but yeah, we'll, we'll make your special for you. Uh, well, speaking of still being alive, we also have another project in the works with Eddie Pence, which who uh, apparently is the only person we work with, so that's cool. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Eddie's got this running thing. He thinks that that I am Tim Burton and he is Johnny Depp. So um, it's just, that's how it's going to work out. I see. I, that. I I I am not Tim Burton. Eddie is definitely not Johnny Depp. Um, I see myself more like a Scorsese and him more like a uh, De Niro. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take but, it. But in any case, and plus, let's let's be honest, they they made better films together. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I see our relationship. I mean, if you want, I'll call you DiCaprio. Is that okay? Basically, sure. I'm saying I'm as good as Martin Scorsese. Um, <laughs> Obviously, as long as, I qualify for, as long as I qualify for the pension, I don't care. Oh, great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, here's the thing. Eddie is he's, he's just fucking gung ho. Like he does not care. He's willing to do what is necessary to get the job done. And I get it. There's a lot of things that people can be doing with their time, like making money. But Eddie wants to make projects with us. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very generous with his time, very generous, period. He's a generous human being. Yeah. And you're not, you're not going to find a lot of generous human beings in L.A. or in this industry in general. Um, but bottom line is this. Eddie can do the job, and Eddie does do the job. And of all the projects that he could have done, I mean, I look back at the stuff that he's done. He, he, worked, uh, he worked on that little cat video that I made. <laughs> um, he played the boss in that, and that was something that really happened. That was a real thing, and uh, we actually shot in a location where it happened, and it's called Out of the Bag, and it was uh, it was him and and Jen Sturger, and and Jen was kind of the star of it, and Eddie was just kind of the boss that was sort of screaming at it all the time. Um, that was the first thing I think that we worked on together, and we've Definitely made so, like yeah. we've made countless things since then. You've been in a lot Music of stuff. videos, yeah, stand up specials. It's crazy. Even stuff that doesn't go, even pitches that don't go, um, which, by the way, we've got a great idea. And I'm just going to f- put it out into the world now. And if you steal it, I'm going to f- come to your house and, and make you a ghost. Um, I got this great idea for a uh, reality show. It's called Soulmates. And Eddie is basically like 
the lurch slash crypt keeper <laughs> host of this show. <laughs> and what we're doing is we're putting these new couples or couples or first date. Still haven't worked that part out. We don't really care. We just want two people that are potentially intimate with each other going into these haunted locations, supposed haunted locations and, and ghost hunting and seeing if their relationship will last the night. And uh, that's that. I think it's a great fucking idea that uh, no one is willing to pony up the dough to make <laughs> because no one's willing to pony up the dough for anything. Um, so, yeah, I've heard that Shudder might be interested in something like that, Chuck. So uh, Shudder, if you're listening and you need content, which you probably do, we would love to make that show starring Edwin Pence. There you go. It would be it would be fantastic. So you can just send this. You can now tag Bill Burr and Shudder <laughs> to this podcast. Because we're we're just pitching our lives away right now, and we got a great um, tagline for when you get dumped at the end of the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. You've got you you. I think you were the one that improvised that. <laughs> if you would like ghosted. to deliver that, yeah, deliver <laughs> that line right now, like you did uh, at the location in Atlanta. All right, here we go. You've been ghosted. Boom. See, there you go. That's <laughs> it. It's it's just like you know the other guy got to be president because he said something that a lot of people say. This has never been said ever by anyone, and Eddie Pence came through in the clutch, and he may be the next president of the United States. That's all I'm saying. It could be. Or at least my uncle might be. <laughs> there you go. Well, I wasn't even referencing that one, but we also have a, a feature film. that. Um, so that's, that's 20, 20 more projects that uh, that Eddie Pence is involved with. Uh, I was just going to give peop- the, the people – an update on uh, on Drive on what's been going on with that since we hopefully will be potentially making that uh, late late this year or early early next year. Well, I mean, I think that the project. I mean, it felt like this last time. I you know I shot a short film. I shot what I thought was going to be the feature film without a script, and that was very stupid. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was, we tried. I was just, we tried. So basically, what I'm saying is, pay the writers. Because, you know, we tried to make a film with, with a director and an actor. It just doesn't work. Um, so uh, we tried to do that, and it basically turned into a web series. Now I've just thrown it into the garbage. I'm still pretty happy with uh, with the short that I made um, because it's kind of shocking. But in any case, uh, and plus there's this great full moon shot that we got out of that. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's still out there in circulation if you want to look at it. But basically – we went from this rideshare guy um, picking up this crazy person and reacting in a way to this rideshare guy that was just driving around all these people. And they were just like really treating him like garbage. And we never really got to the next level of how he's going to retaliate. So that got scrapped. And now we're dealing with the same rideshare guy who just straight up from the get go is a serial killer, Um, which I think simplifies things. And it also gives people the opportunity to, you know, be engaged immediately and just lean forward. You know, that lean forward moment. It's right off the bat. Yeah. So I think it's something that people can, you know, be legitimately interested in. They could legitimately enjoy. Um, and it's going to be done for like two cents. And uh, <laughs> we just have to figure out, you know, which vehicle we're going to use. Because I, I don't know if we if we want to use the same one we use for the previous uh, projects. Um, so that's something that we're going to have to figure out. 
and also we probably need like a, a real producer <laughs> like a uh, like a producer that's made stuff um so outside of that it's it's eddie it's a camera it's it's a vehicle and uh he is going to be doing some bad things actually in fact i've already asked someone if they wanted to play the uh the female lead in it and no. she very she very kindly said you know, working for uh, SAG rate, which I felt was her way of saying not interested, um, <laughs> because because SAG, of course, is going to go on strike very soon. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that, that's cool. But I thought she would be great for it. Um, she has like this uh, this porcelain doll sort of face, and you know, porcelain dolls are kind of creepy, but she's also fucking hilarious. Um, so, and I felt like, you know, having two stand-up comics be the two stars of it and just showing stand-up comics for what they really are. I mean, they, what do they do when they go on stage, kids? They go on stage and they kill or they bomb, right? So let's see, <laughs> you're blowing the building up or you're murdering people, right? So I felt like let's play on that a little bit and have these two characters, uh, uh really go to town because I think honestly, you know, Eddie's character is very subdued. I've always saw him as being a very subdued person, very controlled, very measured. I don't see him being, you know, someone that is just going to like be Michael Myers and walk through a wall and just start stabby stabby. That's not what it is. Um, and you have the female character in the film. That's, that's sort of the antithesis of that a little bit. Um, there's uh, you know, she's very measured in her own right, but she also can't control her anger. So, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. You have this very cool individual and this very hot individual and uh, seeing how combustible that could be. It's very much now become, yes, it's a serial killer movie, but it's also very noir. And I see it being kind of like a Michael Mannish sort of film. It's also a new Pixar film. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a new Pixar film. Anybody going to watch that? I don't think so. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, um, so, so yeah, I, I just kind of feel like we finally have something, whereas I was looking for something and I think we finally have it. And I think Chuck has done an outstanding job of putting it to paper. Chuck is, yeah, of course just I like, did. yeah, see, there you go. But this is the kind of ego I'm talking about. This is the kind of <laughs> ego that I want to put on screen. Um, so yeah, he, he's very good at like pumping out scripts. He would he would have done well, I think, in the the golden age of Hollywood because that's all the writers did all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in any case, yeah, you know, I think that we're getting there. I'm looking forward to another draft of the script, and I think that Eddie had some notes that I found uh, <laughs> rather hilarious. I yeah, you you said well, well, tell everybody what the what the note was, Eddie. Well, uh, as I as my character continually picks up people throughout the show because he's a rideshare guy, the 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 rideshare customer keeps getting more and more right wing, <laughs> like to the point of absolute insanity. <laughs> and I and I, was, I, de I definitely did. I think, I you think said one the last was person a J, had a one was a J Sixer, I think, at the end, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't think so, but I I I, I didn't. <laughs> I definitely was not intending that, and uh, I need to go back, obviously, and, and change that because that was not the intention. Uh, so it was just like is, every, like every single person I pick up is like a right wing nut job. 
So I, mean, I have to ask Eddie, what were not Eddie, but Chuck, I have to ask, what were you watching <laughs> while you were writing? Were you watching Fox News and just getting angry and just like <laughs> hate writing? Apparently. No, I, I remember the first guy has like Andrew Tate shit in his room. <laughs> So yeah. I think that set the precedent for where you interpret that's what the rest of the movie is. Um, it's like, oh, well, he's he's killing off, you know, like right wing douchebags, um, which, you know, like there's the puppet guy. There's the there's the well, the Braves guy. I can see why. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. just, come on. Yeah, which, come on, man. Which is going to be played by Dustin. And yeah, he no, does start doing no. he does start screaming no. about Trump doing the. The tomahawk chop. So I, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> Which, by the way, to this day is the greatest thing Donald Trump has ever done. <laughs> Bar none. That's the greatest thing he's ever done. <laughs> Man of the people, yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was not intentional. I need to go. I need to go change that. They're just supposed to be losers. And, well, you know. Well, I know what you think a loser is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's again. That's uh, that's why I'm really curious as to where it all came from. Clearly, if you're not, I mean, if you're listening to this, you could probably get an idea as to which way that we lean. <laughs> um, but it's one thing to like, because Chuck is uh, Chuck's pretty good, I think, at subtlety most of the time. But uh, clearly, I think he was. No, that was on angry. the head. That was. Yeah, he was writing yeah. angry. <laughs> writing angry. I mean, it's like old school Rush Limbaugh writing angry. Yeah. I mean, it probably doesn't help, you know, having a trans child who lives in Florida. There now. you go. There um, it is. That that probably might have some something to do with it. Uh, Could maybe. Be. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's like the one it's the one safe haven is is Disney World. So, yes, if, you, yeah. if you're going to be stuck anywhere in Florida, I mean, that's probably it. I would say Miami, but that's where. uh the seventh circle of hell is right now. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that's probably the only place that you could possibly feel safe in that state. Yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, but, yeah, once we get the, the script going, um, another draft going, eventually, I will get there. I'll, I'll be honest, all I'm doing right now is playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Um, I have not touched the script whatsoever. That's that's the second pandemic of this. Yeah, decade. yeah, a hundred percent. That's all Zelda I'm doing. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it's all I'm doing. Um, I will eventually get to the script at some point. Well, will you at least get to it before Mortal Kombat One comes out? Because I know that you're going to be like, you're correct. Gone. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, yes, I will. I will make sure to do that before that comes out because that will be the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest Mortal Kombat fan ever has got to be Charles Thomas. I think the first time I hung out with you, you played Mortal Kombat two and you and you beat it in like thirty minutes. Uh, and then I, how many flawless victories did you have? Like the majority of them, you didn't even get touched. So this I'm guy sure. is yeah. 
This guy is all about Mortal Kombat. I mean, honestly, MK1 looks really, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the, the visuals are amazing. I mean, clearly, if, you, if you're a small child, you should be playing this game. But um, it's it looks phenomenal. Uh, but anyway, enough about plugging MK1. Anything else, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just after we get the script, we'll, I'm sure we'll have some read-throughs and, and everything uh, to get everything going. Um, I'm really curious how a lot of this is going to work. Because yeah, I've, I've really tried to write it as minimally as possible production-wise. Um, but you've got a few ideas that are against that, um, which I'm curious <laughs> well, let's, how, let's, how let's, these are going to be talk. pulled let's, off. Let's talk it out. I mean, you know, you need you need uh, you need a podcast, so let's talk it out. What's what's the issue? No, you said you wanted to have a, a train scene. I um, do want a train scene. I Dustin, do. Dustin and, likes train scenes. You know, and I like we have, as you mentioned, two cents to make this thing. So, are you, uh, is this a gorilla Dude, thing that we're just going to run me, into a train? Me, and let me. Let me put it to you this way. Okay, so folks of you that don't know, I don't have a vehicle, right? Um, so I am using the LA Metro and the craziest, like crazy train that you could ever jump on is the red line. It is it is insanity. It is literally the midnight meat train. If you've never seen that movie, <laughs> check it out. Uh yesterday there was a gentleman that was smoking crack who nearly fell on me, literally, and instead fell forward from one side of the train to the other trying to pick up his lighter. So it's it's I think there's just so much grit in those tunnels. And I think at some point that just I just see that character, you know, trying to get away from something or or whatever and is using, you know, transit. And I don't know, again, I'm I'm a sucker for Michael Mann, specifically his aesthetic. And he uses trains quite a bit in his films as well. Um and, I, and there's something sleek and very city-esque about a train. And, yes, L.A. does not have a good public transportation system at all. I just got back from San Diego. I was there last weekend. And they have trolley systems there, and so does San Francisco for that matter, um, which is way more efficient um, in getting from point A to point B. And, obviously, New York is probably the best transit system in the country. And Chicago has its no, transit system. L.A. Well. used to have a great one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, we became a car cult culture and uh, – I mean, but how long ago was that with the trolleys? What they got the forties, yeah, yeah, exactly, fifties something. Yeah, I mean, the fifties, the vehicle comes along and that becomes king out here, and it's such a sprawling landscape. And of course, we've got a whole bunch of people that are wealthy that don't want, you know, the lesser than being able to travel through their area. So they they definitely don't want the subways reaching there. Eventually, the subway system is going to reach uh, all the way down Wilshire Boulevard, which I think is fantastic because. You can uh, jump off there at the Academy Museum with relative ease, and that's that's one of my favorite spots in L.A. LACMA's right there, too, if you like art and, uh, you know, the Miracle Mile area. But for the most part, it's not easy to get around in this town if you don't have a vehicle. And this is a guy that his job is literally driving a vehicle. So he's someone that's very controlled. And what's a situation where someone is very controlled – not having any control, that would be riding the fucking train. Like, again, you can't control the people around you. You can't control who you're sitting with. You can't control, you know, getting from point A to point B. You can't control when the train shows up. You are out of control. So I think that's like a great way to showcase at some point in the film. This is someone that is losing his ability to control his world. Um, and yeah, just like, I like the, again, I like the aesthetics of, of trains in general, because to me that is speaks to a city 
um, more so than anything else, really, other than, you know, skyscrapers. But that's going to already be in the project. So Interesting. Well, we'll see how it goes. Just fill it with right-wing nut jobs, Chuck. Just make it all... (laughs) Just a whole clan meeting in the subway is what <laughs> Well, listen, I've... listen, you, you can't have a you can't have a clan rally in the subway system. They they take place over in the orange curtain. So that's where that is. That is true. Yeah, you're, they're gonna do that outside of Disneyland. They're not gonna do that in the midnight meat train. <laughs> Um, Eddie, how how are you preparing to to portray this psycho killer? Uh, just doing stand up and and getting getting <laughs> just, heckled, just living this normal life that yeah. I have. Yeah, you know, just just taking all the frustrations that I incur every single day and just balling it up and then turning it outward. Not, He's very not, method. Yeah, very yeah, method. It sounds very like method. It. Yeah, yeah, very method. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking taking all your emotional baggage and using it as a weapon. Very it's not hard. It's not hard to find that that place. I will say one of the biggest challenges is to make sure that everybody who's watching the movie, they don't have to necessarily love you, but they have to. You're, the, I mean, you'll you'll be the main character, and they have to identify with you, or they're going to turn the movie off. And uh, I, I think it helps that Eddie is just a naturally likable person. Um, yeah, you see him, you're like, ah, sure. I, should, I should hang out with that dude. <laughs> That's um, a good guy. Like, it gets us a lot of leeway. Like, I'm like, I'm being serious. It's not, uh, it's not bullshit. Like that. That's gonna help a lot. Uh, well, especially when he starts murdering people, and people are gonna be like, oh shit, what am I watching? <laughs> Do I like um, this? And then by that, by that time, we got him, and it's too late, and they can't turn it off. It's legal. No. Right. Well, I, I think sure. yeah, you have to have like uh, someone that has uh, some type of appeal that goes beyond. You know, I'm into serial killers because I mean, you, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, you got, you got these Fincher movies, um, where he, you know, does nothing more or less and makes serial killer projects and they're all very compelling. So you have to find a, a, a reason to really get behind certain people. You know, Dexter comes to mind. Um, but I think people sort of dig him because he's a vigilante in some ways. Yeah. Um, this character's not a vigilante. At least my version of the character isn't. Chuck probably thinks, yes, this guy's a vigilante <laughs> because he's going to be killing conservatives the entire movie. Um, but in my mind, this is someone that is just, you know, he's like the boogeyman. He's, he's picking off the weak. If you haven't seen that film, go see the boogeyman because that is like a that is one of the best Stephen King adap- adaptations I've ever seen. Really? Um, Wow. And film. Dude, it's great. I loved it. Um I heard it was basically I, I, nothing but jump scares. Uh I don't think that's what it no, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's a movie that preys on anticipation um more than anything else. What I could compare it to, and I know that Jaws had this problem because the shark didn't work. Clearly this is a CGI creature that they could put anywhere at any moment. Um but it's, it felt it had the same vibes. It's like there's no like, you know, there's no string quartet that's going to uh, say, hey, the shark's coming. But for the most part, um, you were anticipating this thing showing up and it's just horrific looking and they do a great job of hiding it. So, you know, you don't have to uh, 
to overplay that um, as a storyteller. And I think it's very effective. It's, I don't think it's a jump scare fest. I was, uh, I was thoroughly impressed by it because let's face it, the vast majority of Stephen King adaptations are not good. Um, but that, I thought that one was phenomenal and it's something that needs to be seen in the theater. If you watch it at home, I don't think it's going to have the same effect like most horror films. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe I'll go check it out. I think, I think you definitely should as a horror nerd. You may, you may think it sucks. I don't know, but I thought that it was, uh, really, really good. I know that sometimes you and I don't see eye to eye on horror films. Um, but I, I feel like this is pretty good. I mean, the film starts out, uh, I mean, do you want me to spoil it for anybody or do you want me to shut up? Cause I mean, it's the first scene in the movie. Um, I think the first scene so, in the movie is okay. So spoiler alert, the first scene in the film is the boogeyman literally in like the first opening moments coming out of the closet and killing an a infant. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of like it in that way. It's like, listen, the gloves are off immediately. This thing doesn't care. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. You are all in danger. And it, I think like how it works and how, again, the thing looks horrific and they don't sh- uh, like overshow it. Um, but in any case, that's, that's my diatribe on the boogeyman. If you're a horror fan, you should definitely check that out. Um, whereas the movie Smile, which for some reason people liked, is complete and utter garbage. And I would compare the two because of I think they're dealing with this monster. Um, but yeah, Boogeyman I think is a, is a much much better film. Interesting, interesting. Well, all right, Eddie. Any any thoughts on Boogeyman? No, no thoughts at all. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to watch that film, Eddie? Probably not. No, it's not my genre. I think so. I, I did see so. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, me too. Friggin- that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was solid. Yeah, yeah. That's the well. I'm going. Film. I'm going to see that tonight. And I, you know, I think Into the Spider-Verse. And I'm not afraid to say this. I think it's the best Spider-Man movie. Well, this I might be it, better than that. So well, it's so great. good. It's so awesome. good. I think Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie, and I also think that it is arguably the best comic book movie, period. Um, so I am very excited to see the sequel. I loved it. It was, I thought it was great. Without spoiling anything, Eddie, did your did your audience freak the fuck out at the very end? And like my yeah. my my entire audience was in an uproar. Like, I mean, just yeah. literally an uproar. The final like, scene? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, I, it was, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was It was. a great, the whole thing was great. Yeah. Can I, you I, believe I, that Sony can make this and they can also make Spider-Man 3? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Morbius. Or, or oh, Morbius, oh. yeah. Or Venom. It's Morbin time, yep. <laughs> well, uh, I know you got to get to work in like two minutes, Dustin. So we'll, we'll have to, we got to jump off here. Um, yeah. But uh, it's been great chatting with you guys. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Everybody, especially rich people out there listening to it, send us your money. <laughs> um, this is basically, this is basically us becoming very vulnerable and, and begging you. <laughs> yeah. Please. To pay attention send, to us. Send yes. money, please. We have a lot of things going on and we need to pay help. attention Desperately. to the middle-aged white men. We are being forgotten about. So let's, <laughs> Let's pay attention to that. <laughs> we, we, we need the help. It's so hard for us in this country. 
Uh, Especially now. Especially now. Come on. Yeah. Now more than ever, pay attention (sighs) to the middle-aged white guy. (laughs) (laughs) When do we get our shot? That's what I want to know. I mean, Jesus, finally. Uh, But yeah, great great episode. Uh, Where do we find information about uh, you, Eddie? Um, you can go to eddiepence.com and you got all my social links are there and all that stuff. And you can buy the special, um, or you can rent the special or whatever. It's got links to that and everything. So just eddiepence.com takes you everywhere. Dustin, how about you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. All right. Every time. All right. Well, great. Thanks again, you guys. And, uh, let's, let's go, let's go make some fun stuff. Thumbs up from Dustin. Nobody can see that. All right. (laughs) Peace out. Verbal thumbs up. Well, you you should take a snapshot of this and then put it on the uh, the interwebs. That's that's the screen cover for this episode. Yes, perfect. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening to Atlanta Film Chat. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The show is produced by Tranquil Aggression Productions and Zombie Cat Productions. Your host is Chuck Thomas. Editing is by Joshua Goldkey. The soundtrack is by Michael Breezy Keys Jones. I am your humble announcer, Rob Scheimer. Remember, you are your own biggest fan. So go out, make your projects, and don't let anyone stop you.